Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, as, as, as I gain their trust, I can push a little bit harder. Um, and there is a fine line there, and there is a balance there. And, and that just comes from just understanding and, and really reaching out to the players and, and kind of, you know, seeing how they react to certain things. Um, you know, I want to push them in practice. I want to challenge them in practice. But at the same time, I don't want to I don't want to really overstep my bounds a little bit right now, you know, with them. And, and uh, at the same time, when I do that, I want to see the return, you know, back, you know, towards towards what we're doing. That's Doug Peterson right there, Jags head coach today. And that was an interesting, thoughtful question, right, and, and answer about the delicate balance of last year versus this year and the psychology of this team. But it's football at the end of the day, man. These guys want to be pushed. So it's very interesting how he said, like, I don't want to store step my bounds, I want to be respectful to them. He, I think Doug does that naturally because he's a former player. I don't think anybody across the NFL sitting there, Doug Peterson, comparing him to Bill Belichick, Tom Coughlin, stylistically mm-hmm. from a coaching standpoint. So, like, I don't really think he has to try at this. I, I like the explanation. But listen now, uh, yeah, last year happened. And I love the insight to last year from Trevor last week to Doug on occasion. And it happened. It was a mess. We're getting more and more details of how messy, and, and you get the landscape. But you got to move on and move forward now. And this is football at the end of the day. It's tr- and, true. And, and, and football at the end of the day is a, is a let's be honest, it's a tough, tough guy sport. And so you can be delicate to the locker room and what they went through and have empathy still as a coach, and I think he's done a fantastic job of that. But when it's time to... Go run sprints. It's time to go run sprints. I don't care if it's 95 degrees or not. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess you can't – don't get that mixed up. Like, I think Peterson, what we've heard from it, when it's when he needs to be – it's a little Bruce Arians. When Arians needs to get red in the face, he gets red in the face. When he needs to be player's coach, he's player's coach. I think that's a trait Peterson probably has as well. Um, and I think he's more alike with a guy like – like, that's who I think of. Arians – comes across as his player's coach, but when he was, man, he would get on people now, and he'd look like he was getting in somebody's shorts, and and that wasn't going to go so well, but I think they respect that, and good players, good employees, elite people want to be pushed. They want to be pushed. They want to know the truth deep down. Like, that's kind of what separates those guys playing in the NFL than a lot of other football players on the planet. That and athletic ability, but they want that. And and I think they'll respect that, Casey. Yeah, I, I yeah, agreed. But I do appreciate the fact that Doug, you know, says, hey, I understand what they went through and they need to trust me and I need to trust them. Like, the, he wants to build that trust when last year the same guys, we don't – did Urban Meyer trust anybody besides Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean – I, I think I like the idea that Doug Peterson understands that these guys kind of, for lack of a better term, man, want to be listened to and understand each other and they can move together as a team instead of last year when you were kind of had to move for yourself because nobody really had your back. So I do appreciate that part of what Doug's trying to do. Yeah, I do too. And, and I think it should be appreciated. And I think the players will. Like, that's a great point you just brought up. Trust is such a big word here. And it's an important word for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had none of it. 
had none of it. They had it in the locker room, by the way, I think, amongst each other. Sure. But they had none of it from upstairs to to, to them. Uh, and I call upstairs, not really upstairs, but down the hall, let's just say. And, and by the way, this is an organization that going back to Coughlin, Caldwell, Marone, and I'm not going to pin the blame on one person, but the mix of all that after 17, trust was not a big word. I mean, let's be honest. Doug Marone was yelling down the hallway through a microphone, go ask that guy. True. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I'm not saying he was wrong, but who says that? Yeah. Like, you're not on the same page. You're not on the same team when you're saying that. Absolutely not. And so, like, I really do appreciate doing, And I think trust is a big part of it. He has to earn that. I think he kind of already has. He probably has more than he knows. He probably has by default. Yeah. Because he's not urban. He probably has because of Lombardi Trophy. Because that carries so much weight in this game. It really does. When you have reached the mountaintop, I'm telling you, those guys, young guy to old guy, respect the hell out of that. They really do. And and you can't replace that. And and then I just think he's a good dude. Like, that's a natural thing for him. That's not fake. Agree. He, he does not have to work. He does not have to work on that. And so he almost might have to be, from Doug's point of view, this would be a fascinating, like, uh, I love the psychology of sports. This would be fascinating to, maybe you have to ask this question six months down the road. I don't know. Or maybe you can ask it in six days. But he might have to worry about being too much of that. Because I'm telling you, and, and I know this for a fact that covering sports for the how many years I've covered it, and especially pro sports, they want to be pushed. They want to, like, it's okay. Like, it's okay to yell at them. It's okay to, uh, you know, re- respectfully, right? They want to be respected, but they want to be pushed. They want to be coached. They want to be told. Like, in football is a funny thing. I was just talking about this some, to somebody the other day. Like, you take the golfer, and you're coaching, name your golfer, uh, uh, Justin Thomas. Sure. Right? Or, or actually, like, you know the great, a great example right now would be the Mito guy, Mito Pereira. Yeah. So you're coaching him, and you want to be like, that's all right, wasn't your fault, wasn't your fault, wasn't your fault. Like, you were great. You were awesome. He swings in great shape. Uh, the conditions were tough. Uh, the cat, hey, caddy, you take the blame. You should have told him not to hit driver. You know, it's PGA Championship. Like, it's a wild thing in that sport, in an individualized sport especially, but in that sport. And I even think this leaks over to baseball to a degree too because it's such a mental sport that you try to get them out of their own head. Like you encourage everything that isn't their fault. Um, and, and so it's like, hey, you're good. You're good. Stay confident. Confidence is king. And while confidence is king in a sport like football, so is accountability because they're used to it. They go look at the tape every Sunday night into Monday, and that's what they do. And guess what? Like, think about our work setting. Okay. And we dissect the show, right? We mm-hmm. have a staff meeting tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Are you going? Uh, probably not. Okay. And, and, so, and so they, in that staff meeting, Casey, yep. they take a three-minute clip of our show. They do. Right? Hmm? Which, well, they wouldn't, but they, they are in this instance. And... They are sitting there and dissecting it, right? And they're like, yes. hey, you were good here, but you were terrible there. That mm-hmm. was awful. That was a bad transition. That was a bad tease. You came out of break bad there. You had a bad read, bad what, whatever. Like, that is not a comfortable situation 
for normal folks. Yeah. Like, most people are looking for a pat on the back. True. In that sport, in that world, they do that every week. Every practice, really, but really every game week. Where they're like, what the hell were you doing on this play? You cost us six points. True. And everybody in the room can see it. And so, it's just like, but that's my point, is like, they're so built like that, so used to that. When we had Austin... Like, on the show, we'd say this really, like, he is so coachable because he wants to be coached. Right. Like, he's used to being coached. Like, that's the world he grew up in, lived in. We don't all like to be coached now. In, in our world, it's really, it's funny. It's in our business, especially in the sports side of things, like, you actually ask for it and can't get it. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you're not getting it at home. Mom and dad think you're the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And they're lying to you, but they think you're the greatest thing ever. That's so what I keep I mean, telling them. Yeah, and so, and and then the boss is like, yeah, well, you could do this a little bit better, but they don't want to go too hard because most people in the business don't want to be coached that hard. So they're like, well, yeah, you don't really want to know the truth. But here's a little nugget or two softly, right? Mm -hmm. And again, like you take golf, I think you take a little baseball like this too. It's like, hey, man, yeah, you're doing this, but like you're good. You're good. You're fine. Like confidence is such a key part of those sports that you don't want to say it's their fault. It takes them to own up to it's their fault. And be like, I need a swing change. I need a new coach. I need a new this or whatever. And I got to change it or I'm not going to be any good. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think football is such a weird dynamic. So my point is, you go, you go back to what I was saying. Hey, Doug, that's great. Trust. I love you. You can trust us. We want to do whatever we can for you. We want to take care of you. We understand. We have empathy for what went on here. But the player, sooner or later, wants the other side, too. Like, they really do. Because the world they grew up in, this over here, this side, of where we get critiqued and pushed and, and coached and, and all this other stuff, and what would feel harder than normal for, for anybody else, that's where they get better. And they're such good athletes and their mentality is so good, that's where they know they get better. Like, they're not getting better every time they pat them on the back. No. In, in their mind. No, I agree with you. So it's a delicate balance. Uh, I just love the psychology of that. And I think Doug finds himself right in the middle of it where he's got to be a little careful to be, because he's naturally a good guy, be too good of a good guy. Where he's naturally a positive guy, to be probably too positive guy. Where he naturally is trustworthy and wants to earn the trust and all that stuff, be like, well, don't do too much to develop that. Let that come naturally. But don't forget this hard stuff, the 95-degree sprints, the this, the that. And by the way, he wouldn't be a Super Bowl-winning coach, and he probably wouldn't be the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars if he couldn't do both. So, 100%. like, he'll be fine. But I just think that's a wild thing to think of in our world. And I, as sooner or later, we're going to have to get rid of last year in Jacksonville. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a real thing, but sooner or later, this football team to move on, this franchise to move on, like, we're going to have to stop referring to last year. Sure. I think, I, and I agree with you. I think we'll stop referring to it though in about a hundred days. Uh, fair enough. Maybe a little less than you know preseason and all that, but I think right now, I think that's still not that it needs to be brought up in every conversation, but it is still there. And I think to the point you just made, Doug Peterson doesn't win a Super Bowl without understanding how to be a coach and you know how to push guys and everything like you just said. And the way I look at it is going by what he said, by what you said, and what I think I know, which I might not. You get the best out of people when you when you trust them and you understand them and they trust you. And I think when Doug gets to that point, he knows he's going to get the best out of his players like he did in Philadelphia and like he's done his whole career. 
Yeah, and I think you're right. And I, again, I think that trust thing is a major deal. It's a it, it's something that hasn't existed in the building probably in a good four years, front to back. Like, that's real. Yeah, hundred percent. And and so that's why last year still comes up, and that's why you still have to acknowledge there's scar tissue there. And by the way, I don't say that just for the locker room. I think that exists for the building, and it's over. They're slowly overcoming that. I think Doug's doing a fantastic job doing it too. Okay, so. I'm just kind of sure in the psychology I think that exists right now here in Jacksonville internally, and and I think we're, I think he knows, it. I think he's smart about it, and I think he's got the right idea about it. Um, but I also think at some point you'll hear this. Trevor, and Doug. Will say, "Hey guys, we ain't talking about last year anymore." Oh yeah. And, and you might be right. Like we haven't heard that yet, and I appreciate that. I think you'd have some other guys coming in like, yeah, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. I think actually this part of the Band-Aid ripoff is is talking about it and acknowledging it. And yeah. by the way, it probably buys you a little bit of equity too. True. I think <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think it'll it'll come to that point where if we're still asking, or, or we, you know, I'm not asking, but I think if the questions are still being asked when it comes to, you know, preseason and everything, that's when I think it's like, all right, look, we're done with this. We answered yeah. these questions for 365. We got another 365 to go. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, um, by the way, this is all this conversation, and I've said this multiple times over the last few weeks, is why I really feel like Doug Peterson is a good person for this job. Really is a good fit. I, and I'll, I, have to, I have to say that, and then I have to come back with, yeah, I don't know why it took 40-something days either. Yeah. <laughs> because I think it was pretty clear that he was one of the best choices from the get-go. But no doubt. they got him here. It doesn't matter how you get him here. And I think he really is a great fit for this organization at this point in time for the Jacksonville Jaguars because there's a lot there, folks. I mean, there really is. Uh, we look at it on Sundays and wins and we're going to get there, and that's part of it. But I think it's more to that here in Jacksonville. And he acknowledged it from day one. He acknowledged it at the Combine when the Philly reporters asked it. He continues to acknowledge it. And I think he's flipping it. And he will have this team trusts him already. I'm convinced of it. I think so. They already trust him. And, I mean, he'd have to do something stupid to lose the trust, and I just don't think, like, we're concerned about that. No, he ain't going to no bars like that. Yeah, I don't think he, I think he's taking the plane ride home and he's coming home. I think so, too. And, and so. Even from Philly. Yeah, and I think, by the way, he knows offensive football. Boom. Okay, I know how to fix this. I think one of the great things Doug said right from the get-go is like, listen, man, if, I, if I'm not doing it well, good job on a Sunday, I'll hand it over to Press Taylor. That's like, true. He did say I that. I mean, he's like, hey, I don't have all the answers. Sometimes I'll mess up, too. I mean, those are great things. And we don't even know half the stuff that's going inside the building. But I really think um, I think he's doing a good job with, with all that, the psychology of it. Hey, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, and Doug's a former one, of course, um, I sent you this, Casey. You did? My man, Dan Orlovsky, mm-hmm. key to the city. That's him. You have this tweet? Yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, share it with us if you could, because I can't find it. Right yeah, now. so Dan put out there, QBs you win games with, in quotates, quotations, in the NFL. Mac Jones, interesting. Tua, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, I'm sure that made you happy. Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. Jameis Winston, Kyler Murray, and Jimmy G. Everyone else is win in spite of, unknown, because of age. Okay, so what's your interpretation of that? More or less just a guy. Yeah. Okay. Do you agree? I mean, 
He basically said you win games with Mac Jones and Tua right now? Yes. Like, is he, he they're on the list? Yeah, I, that's... Of win games? Yeah, that's the... Uh, I would even put Kyler Murray in there um, just because have we seen enough? Like, I, I, I don't think that you can write... Like, because the way I interpret this is you can win with Mac Jones, but he's not winning. You're not winning because of Mac Jones. Sure, maybe in his rookie year, but, like, we got a long way to go on Mac Jones. I think Tua is the same thing. We're going to find out more about him. I'm not super high on Tua, but I think we're going to find out more about him. And then Kyler, again, Kyler's got a lot of heat, but he's still, like, what? This will be his third year just now or second or is this third or fourth for Kyler? Uh, I think it'll be four. Yeah. I still feel like it's too. I don't know. I, I'm going to put Kyler in that those three that is just like, do you really know enough at this point to say they're just a guy? And I would say no. So so QBs you win games with he has in quotation marks is like. So like they're helping you win games. You're winning because of them or you're winning because they're along for the ride. Like, I'm having a hard time interpreting because, like, I'm thinking these guys win you football games. That's what the words say, but the names don't say that because the where's Patrick don't. Mahomes? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, but I think he's kind of leaving the elite off. So, like, he does he feel like like you're okay? You can just win games automatically with Mayfield and Mac Jones in two in because they're not going to make enough mistakes to hurt you? Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. See, the way, like I said, I looked at it, I think you might be right, because I looked at it as these guys you can win with, but not because. Okay, okay, see, that's a good distinction. I think that's, I read it first, I was like, these guys will win you football games, right? Yeah. And I thought he was just leaving off the elite guys, like the Bradys, the ones we know. Right. right? I, I feel like he's just getting to a category where he's like, he thinks Kyle Murray's going to go win me football games, and Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott. I think you, we're we're figuring this out to be like, yeah, they're not going to lose you games. Yeah. Well, well, Jameis Winston turned it over 30 times in a season. <laughs> That's true. He sure I, as hell is going to lose. He's going to lose you games. He's grown, I guess. I mean. Like, like everyone else has win in spite of slash unknown because of age. All right. Unknown, I get it. That's where Trevor is, right? That's where Zach Wilson is. Like, why isn't Mac Jones? That yeah, why, like, that's Mac exactly Jones, my point. Mac Jones wrote, what did he throw, one time? Three times? Two times? Oh, yeah, they won. Buffalo? Yeah. Like, he, like, why isn't he in this category? Yeah, and, I, I don't I don't get that at all. Because if Mac Jones isn't a Patriot, he's not on this list. And, and is is there a quarterback in the league right now that you can seriously say you win in spite of? Like, that you know. Because, you, again, you've got a young category that you don't know enough about. So we take those guys off the table. But, like... I mean, Carolina? I mean, it's Carolina because their quarterback situation you don't even know what is. Yeah, I mean... Like, are you winning games in spite of Sam Darnold? Hey, maybe. I mean, he might be in that category until he plays himself out of it. What about Pittsburgh? Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah. Like, are you winning games in spite of Mitchell Trubisky? Like, at this stage of his... So far, what we know? Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I think... I don't I think, think he might fit in that category. Maybe, but, like, is he's that bad? Like, is that... Really how we – I don't feel that way. I mean, I guess we're going to find out more because we haven't seen him in a year, but I think that's an interesting way to look at him. And then, for me, it comes back to the same teams that don't want Baker Mayfield. Like, did Seattle beat the Jags in spite of Geno Smith, or were the Jags just horrible and Geno Smith didn't have to do anything? Wow, the Jags were just horrible. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, and I do think to take – 
I don't know exactly where Dan's coming from. I saw this tweet and I was just like, I was like, wow, this is there's a lot here, you know. And what I would say is, you can't. You're not talking about a one game off thing. You're talking about a four game, to six game, to eight games. Like, and we don't know Geno Smith. Like, I think he is in this category of spite of. I think you win games in spite of Geno Smith. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going because, like, right. you can only look at so many teams and say that they might be one of them. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you could make the case, and I'm a bigger Drew Locke fan than others. But even if Drew Locke's the quarterback, 100, you could say you're winning games in spite of. How about Drew Locke? Like, in spite of is a strong word. You know, it is. I mean, you're talking about, you know, a, a phrase. Like, I never liked that because I still think Blake Bortles helped them win football games when he was in Jacksonville. Sure. And not just once or twice or six or seven. Like, I think he did some things in games that helped them win. Now, he also threw you, – you might have said, hey, they won the game in spite of two turnovers, but that's two plays in a game out of 60. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, in spite of strong at the quarterback position, because it's just too many plays to dissect, um, it's a fascinating list. Like, I just look at the. I just don't understand how Mac Jones and Tua got put on this list. Like it's to weird. me, what it is, it's an average quarterback list. Yeah, that's what it is. Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan at this stage of his career, Jameis Winston, Kyler Murray has played his way into right now. Is he an elite player? No. No. He's a maybe a slightly above average. Jimmy G has played slightly above, probably even his 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 pay grade and what he's won. Um, I think Kirk Cousins has definitely. Above average, but he's not elite. Dak Prescott, I like him more than you do. I don't put him as elite, though, even yeah. though he's getting paid to be elite. So, like, I get where Dan's going here. I just don't understand how Mac Jones and Tua have done enough to show you're in that category. Yeah, it's a like, weird. That's what jumps out at me. It's 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 a weird list because I think, to your point, like, and I'm not saying Kyler Murray's elite, but they've definitely won games because of Kyler Murray. Well, that's a good point, yeah. And I think the same thing about Matt Ryan. Like, the Falcons aren't any good, but when the Falcons win, Matt Ryan's usually throwing for 350 and three, right? So I think those are two guys that, do they really deserve to be on this list? I don't know. Like, Jimmy G, yeah, maybe you can say, hey, Jimmy G throws a couple turnovers a game, that defense is pretty good, and you know what, they win games. So I think it's just a weird – I you cannot put everybody on this list in a same bucket other than NFL quarterback, in my opinion. Give, give me a – all right, I'm gonna here. Here, you think Denver's a pretty good team, right? Without I, Russell, even without Russell Wilson, got a pretty good roster. Uh, yeah. Fair yes. Right, how about this? I'll give you a better one. Justin Herbert. They announced tomorrow he's out for the year. By the way, this is just a. That's not breaking. knocking on wood, folks. Knocking on wood. So Justin Herbert's out for the year. You get one of these quarterbacks on Dan's list with that football team. That's loaded. Mm-hmm. Who do you take? Mac Jones, Tua, yeah. Mayfield, Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston, Kyler Murray, Jimmy G. I'm, I'm be honest. I with think a lot of people are going Kyler Murray. Yeah, I'm not. I think I'm going Kyler Murray. I'm not because of the way they play. I think Kyler Murray. There's, I just when you put it, when you put it on that team and the Chargers and what they have and the weapons they have. I'm be honest with you, Brent. Give me Captain Kirk. I think people. I think Kirk's a good bet. Here's my thing. We still don't know and we're not in love with Kirk as a leader. And that's his big problem. His stats are there. He's a good football player, but he can't win. Like, right. leaders win. You know, especially at that position. I think I would take Dak. And I know you're not high on Dak. I, I would take Dak in this situation. Interesting. So, out of that, Mac Jones, Tua, Mayfield, Tannehill, Ryan, Prescott, Cousins, Winston, Murray, and Jimmy G. And, by the way, Jimmy G's, like, been there before. Like, might not be a bad option. Here. <laughs> not at all. Good leader. With a loaded team like the Chargers or, say, Denver. And they needed a quarterback. 
who would you take? And I think I'm taking Dak Prescott off this list. You're taking Kirk Cousins, and I think a lot of people would take Kyler Murray because they're like, oh, man, that's dangerous, right? Yeah. I mean, you could say, and it might be. <laughs> Just doesn't complement what they want to do, in my opinion. But I hear what you're saying. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Brent. If I'm making this pick, I don't think Matt Ryan's far behind. I know yeah, you're going to disagree, I, but no, I, I know I get it. I get it. Like you're you're Dak Prescott's Matt, my Matt Ryan. Pretty much, yeah, that's a good you know? call. And 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 I think a lot of people would take Matt Ryan because you're like, well, he doesn't have to do that much, and he can win you games, and he's probably not going to lose a lot at this stage because he knows not to make mistakes, and that's kind of what Indianapolis is banking on, isn't it? Uh, yeah. At this point, so um, it's fascinating. Thanks, Dan Orlovsky, for the treat. Dan Keys to the city, Orlovsky. We're going to get him on the show sometime. Just make it more clear what you're saying, Dan, you know? Well, I like the uh, ambiguous tweets sometimes. Up for interpretation. Everything this guy does, Brent, doesn't matter. You're backing him up. I like I yeah, pr- I, like I appreciate him. what you're doing. I'm a big Orlovsky fan. You and his uh, parents, might yeah. Might not have sounded like it there in that segment at times, but I, I am big Orlovsky fan. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We're way late. We're live at St. John's Golf and Country Club. Not playing golf today, but... Uh, a little Creekside softball banquet today. Uh, so we'll be here. But also the Action Sports Extreme 18 card. If you don't know, you're looking for a gift for Dad. Discounted golf. It's the best deal in town as is. Well, we just knocked down the price to 55 bucks for the card. You still have more than a half a year to play. Well, certain to more. Actually, it is more than half a year. Uh, if you include June, that'll be seven months. So half a year to play. Action Sports Jack, Stream18.com. 55 bucks. Easy Father's Day gift. Easy. And it's a heck of a deal at nine different golf courses in town. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. Hey, we're always looking for the best way to do something, right? The next best opportunity for you and me. And that includes our homes. Maybe it's time to sell. I'm always thinking about selling. Downsizing with the kids headed to college soon. Heck, we just got back from a trip to Tampa and Orlando. Where's that next phase of life? Is it somewhere else in the state of Florida or is it somewhere else in northeast Florida? Hopefully that's the case for me. If you're curious like I am, here's what you do. Go to opendoor.com. Don't worry about all the legwork of maybe selling your home. Just go online. It was really easy to request an offer. Thousands of people are doing it. You can be the next one to do it with Open Door at opendoor.com. Go to Open Door, answer a few questions, just two to three minutes worth of questions. You're done. Opendoor.com. They'll send you an offer if you're eligible. Get a competitive all-cash offer on your house at opendoor.com slash myoffer. You'll know how much you'll get. Close when you're ready. Everything is done online. Simple, without hassle. Sell your home to Open Door at opendoor.com. Offer eligibility varies. Open Door is represented by Open Door Brokerage Incorporated, licensed 0206-1130 in California, and Open Door Brokerage LLC in its other markets. Welcome back, everybody. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Five o'clock hour we go here from St. John's Golf and Country Club on a beautiful evening here at the golf course. If you haven't played here recently, always in good shape. They are looks like aerifying. It's that time of year, so check your local golf course. Uh, but even after a week or so, uh, they're back at it in good shape. Looks like they did the back nine today. I can see a lot of sand on the 18th hole. Tough hole. Maybe the toughest hole in Jacksonville. If the really? wind's blowing against you. Yeah. The 18th hole at St. John's. 15, 16, 17, 18 at St. John's Golf and Country Club. It, depending on wind direction is really hard. Huh. Like, really, can be really hard. 
uh, super challenging. And 18 plays very long anyway. And so if it's into the breeze, and especially if the back pin, 15 and 18, if you have back pins, it changes the hole in my estimation. Um, but really good golf hole. It used to be, uh, it was featured on the Dream 18 early on. In fact, uh, check out our Dream 18 discount card, and you can get dollars off your round of golf here at St. John's Golf and Country Club. Action Sports Chats, Dream18.com. Great uh, Father's Day gift. Now just $55 while supplies last, and we are selling a record amount of Dream 18 cards. And, of course, some of the proceeds go to the Dream 18 charities, St. Michael Soldiers, North Florida Junior Golf Foundation as well. So win-win for everybody. Win for the charities, win for the golf courses, win for you, the consumer, because you are going to save money. You did not save money this week. You went on no. a cruise. No, not really. Save some money. But the, you also, what do you do on a cruise all day? Oh, you drink, you yeah. eat, mm-hmm. you lounge, lounge, you sleep, sleep, you win Sudoku thing. Yeah, you do. You try to watch a little TV if you can get TV. Yeah. And you think about random thoughts. I do. Like what, Casey? So, yeah, so I, I'll set this up. So shout out to the good people, Sport 24, right? So on the cruise, not a ton of channels. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm not going to watch much TV anyway. But I found this station called Sport 24. And I was like, okay, you know, let me see what this is about. And it was dope. Like all they had was like live or replayed sports. So I was able to keep up with like things that are important to me, like the Champions League final, which was cool. I got to watch that live and then uh, basketball and hockey as well. So I was like, okay. But then I started like really watching the channel like at night, like Amanda's sleep, I can't sleep. So I'm like watching and I'm watching like the commercials or the station promos that they play. And this is an international channel, right? They're only on like cruise ships and planes if you're international. Okay. So I'm looking at the promos they're playing and it's, Soccer, tennis, motorcycle racing, rugby. Then there's Jimmy Butler. And then there's hockey guys. And I'm watching, and I'm like, man, the international sports do not care slightly, or international sports fans. There are some, don't get me wrong. But at a national level, I didn't see one baseball thing. I saw Matt Stafford for .2 seconds. And they had the Super Bowl covered. They had golf, by the way. A lot of golf coverage as well. But it started making me think, why are the two, now, biggest is probably the wrong term, the biggest sport in the U.S., football. The national pastime of our country, baseball, why do people not care about those to the extent they care about other sports internationally? And then on the flip side, soccer, massive everywhere but here, and I've been coming to find out tennis, huge everywhere but here, professionally, of course. Why are those the biggest sports internationally that we don't care about here and our biggest sports are, for the majority, not cared about internationally? So it got me thinking for, like, days, and I've been waiting to ask you. So I hope yeah. you know. It, well, and, and I think there are a couple of things here. One, it's pride of the American sports fan. And I think this takes the cake, and it kind of factors into everything. Soccer's not our game. We can't claim it to be our game. We don't want as much a part of it if we can't claim it to be ours. A little selfish ambition when it comes to the United States sports fan, in my opinion. Golf, while we can't necessarily do that because, like, the home of golf is St. Andrews, we kind of can do it because we've got, like, the best golfers. We've had Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you think of tennis and you think of soccer, the easy answer here is we don't have American stars. Like, we don't have American stars. Like, it's probably the same reason, yeah, 
Formula One. You know, like, where's the American influence and the American star that you can rally around when it comes to those sports? What's really interesting on this front is tennis. Because at one time, tennis was big. And it's not because, like, this isn't the, oh, at one time, boxing was big conversation. Or one time, baseball was America's pastime big conversation. Or one time, way back in the day, horse racing was really big. Like, it was. Seriously was. And so that's different. Like, tennis was big, like, I think 25 years ago. Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi. Guys like that, up-and-coming possibility of an Andy Roddick. We got nothing. We really don't. I mean, we have nothing. Like, Ty watches the tennis. Like, he found the tennis gym. And I'm like, Ty, who's even left? Like, I don't know. I don't care. I don't even pay attention. And I like tennis. Like, I like the sport of tennis. You know what we know? We know Djokovic is playing the Dow today. As we speak. And they're awesome, but they're not ours. And uh, it, it's, it's just this selfish part of the American sports fan. And, and, you know, I really believe Serena Williams and Venus Williams helped probably American tennis more than any male, right, in the last 25 years mm-hmm. has helped. I also think, and we had, an, what was it, all-American quarterfinal, Stevens, who's like, Stevens is Dr. J's, like, niece, I think. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I think it is. Look it up. A little anecdote there for you, if I'm correct. Okay. I think. <laughs> uh, and Coco Golf like beat her today, mm-hmm. right? In the quarters, I think it was. Uh, but, yeah. But like when I'm a kid, and even my young adult life, I'm locked into the French Open, man. Like I love it. Interesting. Like I loved watching tennis. Never missed Wimbledon. Woke up early. French Open, Australian Open, maybe not. Stayed up late to watch a U.S. Open. I mean, awesome matches. Michael Chang, Jimmy Connors, even at the end, like a McEnroe. Like, and then into Sampras and Agassi and all these. Where are they? We, we don't have them. Like, who am I supposed to root for? We've claimed Federer as like our own, I feel like. Yeah. He's the most Americanized tennis player that's not from here. True. It feels like. And, and I just think there's an element to that. And I don't know if people want to admit it or not, but I think that's really the case. You want to blow – this will blow your mind. I'm ready. Go look up how much, like, the top ten tennis players have made in the last year. And, and the number – you'll be like, yeah, right, there's not a lot of money in there. The numbers will blow your mind. How much, like, Osaka made. Yeah. Two years ago when she was, you know, like the best thing going in women's tennis. Dang. Or Federer made in 2021 90.6 million. What? When was the last time you've even seen Roger Federer on a highlight? Never. And he yeah. made $90 million. Yeah. Like, so to the, my point is, it's not like the sport's unhealthy. No, not There's, at all. Like, to your point, really, to, to magnify it, from a global landscape, it might be as healthy as it's ever been. Yeah. There's more money involved than ever before. Why isn't the American kid trying to play tennis? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, so this channel that I was watching, they had, like, nonstop coverage of the – which, by the way, I, I always knew French Open, right? 
never once people on the boat that were watching that I was talking to, the commentators of wherever I was watching it, no one at any point in time called it the French Open. Yeah, like, that, never once. It? Roland Garros, wherever they're playing at. Yeah, yeah. I, no one is that, ever. Is that how we're supposed to do it now? Is that like the open British Open? Now we've transferred to the Open Championship. I don't know, but is that no... like Division One, Division Two, or One Double A now is FCS or whatever the heck it is. I still get confused on that one. But I'm be honest with you, I didn't know it was the French Open for like a like half of the week I was there, until somebody else that was like American on the ship was like, "Oh, the French Open." I was like, "Oh." Now I get it. I I didn't understand why we cared so much, and it was on this channel the whole time. But now I get it. But literally, man, like, it's so weird to me that this is such a big sport, and then you come back to the United States, nobody really cares, and then when you look at, like, when I was watching, like, the highlight of when I was watching was, like, Friday. We were, like, at sea or whatever, so there wasn't a whole lot to do. And you look at all the different, like, they would put up the little flag of the person that was playing, and it's Belgium, and it's France, and it's, you know, Britain, Sweden. You're, it's like all these countries, like flags that I've never seen before. And there's like 40 people playing, and there's one American. So it's just weird to me that it's such a thing everywhere but here. Like we're only one part of this huge world, and we're like the only ones that don't seem to care about it because all these other countries that I've never heard of have dudes in like pretty deep into this extreme tournament. So I, I just thought I, it was fascinating. Well, it is fascinating. It's a fascinating conversation, and I think I just hit on something that it, there's so much money in it, Casey, that you got to wonder why. Like, you know, people go where the money goes. Follow the money. Yeah. There is a ton of money in tennis. And yet I don't feel – and by the way, it's not expensive to play tennis. No, not really. Not there's tennis courts all over. Grab, grab, grab some sneakers. The rackets probably get you a little bit. Buy some balls. Got to refresh them. But, I mean, today's day and age of playing sports and youth sports, it's not that expensive. Yeah. But yet we relate it. See, I think it has a little bit. It probably, see, Tiger made golf cool. True. Golf used to be the country club sport. I, mean, I don't want to be like those kids. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, listen, but that has a thing, too. Like, that's, that was a thing. I don't want to play golf. I don't want that's too expensive. That's this. There are more kids playing golf today. Like I'll see like everywhere you go, kids are playing. And is that Tiger? Is that Rory? Is it Justin Thomas? It's this whole generation that made it cool again. True. Well, tennis has become a little bit like that in a sense, where I think it's like the country club sport. You know, it's like, well, you gotta go in the country. No, you don't. Yeah. Go down the court like you can play tennis like you can play basketball. Yeah, and, true. And, and I don't, but I think it has like a connotation that it's like a country club sport because it is under that like landscape, you know, if you want to label it. But it is a little surprise. Like, I seriously, this, this will tell on me a little, but I seriously asked Ty the question this morning before you even brought this up. I said, Ty, do we even have an American player left? Like, I have no idea. I said, was, it, was an American player even in the tournament? Exactly. Like, it's just such a, I don't know, man. It's a fascinating thing that I thought about. And then I thought about, who's wrong? Are we wrong for not being bigger fans of these huge national sports? Or, like, is out the rest of the world missing out on what we have? I, I'm just convinced, and I've said this, it's, it's just not, it's, it doesn't sound right. But if we don't have an American star in a sport, we have a hard time rallying around it, growing it, 
wanting to do it in, in the public eye with the masses. Like, it's just, if, if you think of the sports that don't feel like they're at the top of our viewing lists, you're going to run into sports that don't have American stars. Yeah. F1 is huge True. around the globe. Tennis is huge around the globe. Women's golf is huge around the globe. Uh, who else can I give you? Um, I mean, and really, we can say this about hockey to a degree. Hockey has lost some of its luster because I think it kind of doesn't feel like ours. It feels more Canadian and European. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Sid the Kid was a star, but did he ever transcend? I mean, not here, but not American. Not well, and by the way, I think we'll adopt, like, Wayne Gretzky will take as ours. <laughs> sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's playing in the States every night. But, sure. like, Sid the Kid could have been that guy. And and so, but he didn't feel like that guy. True. Like, he's unbelievable. Yeah. He was really good. Doesn't feel like that guy. I just... And it, so, I don't know what it is. It's something about our psyche, man, that, that we don't... It's not like we don't like the other players. It's just that we won't go like be like them i guess like i don't know i don't know why that is yeah it was just kind of cool i think because i've never been anywhere to watch like international tv if you will so kind of how they portrayed like messi was in like eight commercials i saw and kirill kaprizov was in a commercial he plays for the wild but he's from finland i believe so it was just kind of cool that to see how they like portray the other sports like they obviously that channel that i was watching sports 24 they obviously have like a deal with soccer or the premier league because half of their commercials were literally highlights of random dudes in the premier league it was awesome like jared bone was on a commercial i'm like this is crazy because if this was in america people would be so confused so just seeing how they i don't know where they run their operation out of but just seeing kind of how they portray these other sports that we don't care about was interesting to me just to see how they do it versus we see Tom Brady on a commercial. You'd never see Tom Brady on a commercial anywhere else but America. So it's yeah, cool I think we, listen, man. I think it is cool. It's a it's a bigger world out there, and sometimes yeah. we don't want to admit it, but it's a bigger world out there, and it's a more of an us problem than an everything else problem. Yeah, agree. I mean, if it's a problem, I'm not saying it's a problem. Teach your own, right? Yeah. But I mean, we kind of, in a weird way, we live in this big bubble sometimes called the United States of America. Yeah. <laughs> Even when it comes to sports, um, which is pretty fascinating. Uh, we'll be back. We're live at St. John's Golf and Country Club. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. About a minute to go. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz, Brian Martineau. And then we got the lightning edition of OT before Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp Baseball coming up tonight. Brent, I just saw FSCJ, another win in a must-win game for the baseball team. They're still alive out there going for the World Series. Yeah, two uh, big local news stories uh, from from that standpoint is they are still alive. They get a 7 nothing win over Lansing. So good for them as they continue the ride. And uh, also earlier we started the show, Mindy McCord's headed to the University of South Florida a long time. Women's lacrosse coach at JU's done a phenomenal job with the program. So she is off to Tampa with the Bulls to start their lacrosse program. More on those stories coming up tonight. Action Sports Shacks on CBS 47 Fox 30. Plus, we're out at Jags OTAs. Caught up with Travis Etienne. Doug Peterson talks. We'll have some of that on the TV side. Meanwhile, Casey, you guys are getting ready to roll with uh, Action Sports Shacks, OT, Brian Middleton, 
Casey Kurtz. All right, man, it was fun getting back together. We'll do it again tomorrow live at Tivoli's House of Cards. 2 o'clock, it starts with the Dream 18 show, then 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hope you enjoy the rest of your night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, don't go anywhere. Brian, Casey, up next, Action Sports Shacks OT on ESPN 690.